0: Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 58th episode. As a mental performance coach, I have the honor to work with athletes to enhance their mental game and give them the tools to unlock their full potential. The reason why I created 90% Mental was to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can share their stories and perspectives on the mental game. So today I have an incredible guest on my show, her name is Kathleen Baker, gold medalist in the 4x100 medley, silver medalist in the 100 backstroke, and who also is the current world record holder for the 100 backstroke and for the 4x100 medley with Lily King, Kelsey Worrell, and Simone Manuel. I can't wait to share this interview with you. I had the honor to interview Kathleen at her home, and I can't say enough about her mindset and her character and her overall positivity. Even though we're going to talk about her preparation, motivation, and her Olympic experiences, what I really want to do is I want to highlight her positive mindset and how it fuels her as an athlete and as a person. You know when you meet somebody for the first time, you can feel and see their positive energy? Well, that was my experience when I was interviewing her. So really excited to share this episode with you and really get you a front row seat into Kathleen's mind and her positive mindset. So without further ado, let's go talk to Kathleen. Hey Kathleen, how are you? I'm doing great, how are you? Doing awesome. I want to thank you so much for having me at your house and just experiencing this, this Olympic mindset that you have and I can't wait to, to understand your mindset and, and your journey.
1: Well, I'm really excited to do my very first podcast.
0: Beautiful, I love it. Well, as I always kick off my, all of my shows, it always starts with mental toughness. So when you think of being mentally tough, what does it mean to you?
1: For me, it means everything, whether that be in my personal life or athletic life. I think mentally tough makes you so successful. And for me, competing, um, when it comes to being mentally tough, that's such a huge component of my performance, Um, especially because you go to a meet or qualifying and you have so much pressure on you. It's not always who's physically the best. It's who's physically the best and the best mentally. And I think that is what helps swimmers succeed so much, is being able to master both of those.
0: When you think about your career, when you think probably the most difficult race that you've ever experienced, can can you share with me when you had to be mentally tough with your difficult race?
1: Yeah, for sure. My very hardest race I think I've ever done is qualifying for the Olympics. I mean, you have 17,000 people watching you. My family's there everyone at home, my whole city's having a viewing party, like everyone's watching it who I can even think of. And I knew that that had been my dream for my whole life. And I was so worried that um, if I didn't make it, what was I going to do? What was my next goal going to be? How hard was that going to be to overcome? And uh, my coach at the time gave me some of the best advice I've ever gotten before my race. And he told me just smile in the ready room, smile when you walk out, smile when they call your name and smile until you get in the water. Because even if you're not Feeling that, putting that smile on that face is going to trick your body into being more positive and thinking that everything's going to be okay. And I think then I just really needed to take it back in and think about why I was swimming and why I was doing it. And it's because I love it. Whether it be at an Olympic trials or at a swim meet just 30 minutes away, I'm swimming because I love it.
0: I love it. I love that answer. Now, do you, we're going to get into all sorts of mindset questions, but when you think about competing, whether if it's qualifying the Olympics, collegiate races, is, are they all the same to you, or is there different meanings for you, and does that dictate the way you feel?
1: I think there's definitely different meanings. I always go with the nerves I feel before I race, and I love to feel the biggest nerves as possible. I know I'm going to have a really great waist when I feel that way, and I definitely feel like the higher the stake of a meet, the bigger nerves I'm going to feel, and I try to use those nerves to swim better and use that adrenaline and things like that, and you definitely are going to feel it more at like a World Championships or an Olympics than a collegiate dual meet, but Just because they're different doesn't mean one's less important. I just think that they cause different emotions for me.
0: Yeah. I love it. It's controlling the energy, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when, uh, if it's a bigger race, you're going to have more energy to deal with and if you control it and use it right, you're gonna have a better performance. So that's awesome. So when we think about your life as a swimmer, I mean, you've came from a family of swimmers. Mm -hmm. So when did you realize that swimming was your gift?
1: I think I love swimming from the second I got in the water. I was always like a water baby and loved being at the pool all summer as a kid. And I think when I got into summer league swimming and I could see that I could swim really well on my own without too much um, help, uh, it really made me excited. And then as I got older and I did team sports, I'm going back into individual when I really could control how I was going to perform and control how hard I was going to practice was really going to impact my races rather than relying on so many different uh, moving parts is something that I really loved about swimming at a young age because a lot of it fell on me. And I think when I was about 12 years old, I just really sort of dedicated myself to the sport. I love it more than anything in the world. And I used to wake up like hours before practice and get ready and then go back to sleep. And I always wanted to be the first one there. And I think that the love of swimming um, from an early age and really easing into it, I never felt like my parents pressured me and I never really felt like I was overworked as a kid, Um, really allowed me to keep a love for it for so long.
0: Awesome. Now, was there always a dream of being an Olympian or even a professional while you were, when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I think when I was, like, eight years old, I wanted to be exactly like Michael Phelps. Michael <laughs> Phelps was, like, my idol. I wanted to win six gold medals, and then I wanted to win eight, depending on whatever he did. I remember even... Decorating my locker with like Michael Phelps things when I was like in fifth grade Because um, he was such an inspiration for me I think that was one of the dreams and then I was just so motivated by winning a medal here getting a qualifying time there And it's always been a dream of mine to go to the Olympics But I feel like if you ask any eight-year-old kid who swims their dreams to go to the Olympics too And I think it's just how you nourish that dream and how much you dedicate it to
0: it. Awesome. Now, I want. I want to get into a little bit of your your motivation. Mm-hmm. Now, what motivates you as a swimmer? And. In- what gets you out of bed, especially early in the morning, jumping in that cold water, but what, what gets you out of bed and what motivates you?
1: I think I have a huge appreciation for swimming. Um, being diagnosed when I was 13 with Crohn's disease made me really think about how much my sport can be taken away or um, really how much struggles I have to go through, and I think it gave me a huge appreciation for being able to swim and being able to compete. So I try to go into a daily mindset of just loving what I do and making it not really ever feel like a job. I'm waking up every day doing my dream,
0: and that's really hard to get better than that. Well, you talked about your your disease. How do you manage that and still perform at an elite level?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hardest things I struggle with even today is Managing my energy with Crohn's disease and being able to compete and race as much as I like And I know that I can't which is really hard Like I know that I can't do things the exact same way as every other swimmer and every ounce of me wishes I could go to 12 practices a week and spend four hours at the pool But I know that doing less for me is going to make me a better swimmer because it's not going to put such a strain on my Body and cause me to get sick and allow my medications to work the best they can
0: beautiful recovery is huge in any sport but how how important is it for you to make sure that you're taking care of recovery and sleeping take care of your body
1: I mean, recovery is like the biggest thing for me, especially sleep. I'm one of those people who can sleep 12 hours whenever you want me to, four hour nap, you got it, you name it, I'll sleep. (laughs) So I think for me, just managing my sleep is so important. It allows your body to recover, not just like my physically, but also like with illnesses and things like that, it really helps not getting run down. Not only do I have to manage having a chronic illness, but having different illnesses come up because of that and managing not getting the flu and normal things like everyone else does. I have a higher chance of getting so I definitely think that for me sleep is huge and nutrition um, as well as just doing my basic recovery for my sport like whether that be massages or getting PT work all you got to do is fit all that in which can really pack a day
0: right exactly well and talk to me a little bit when you're dealing with some of these symptoms or you're dealing with flu you're not feeling Mm -hmm. good how do you deal with that emotionally when you're competing because you know, we've seen it. you don't have to actually feel good to compete well. I mean, look at Michael Jordan, he had, you know, 104 fever in a playoff game and score 54 points, right? So how do you deal with the mind over matter piece of that?
1: I think growing up when I was first diagnosed a lot of it was denial like I was like nothing's wrong with me I'm fine I can do everything and then as I've gotten older I've definitely matured and understand my disease and understand what it takes and what I'm not having well it's honestly like I have to monitor myself and my coaches have to monitor me to make sure I take a step back rather than taking a step forward and taking a step back is going to help me do better long term whether that be missing a day of a meet here or missing a practice there just because doing that is going to help me rather than hurt me and maybe pushing through it isn't always the right answer. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is definitely times where there's things on the line that you just have to do, whether that be you're having symptoms at a giant swim meet and like I'm at the biggest swim meet of my life. Of course, I'm just going to swim. I'm not going to not do it. And I think just learning how to swim good all when you're not always swim or feeling well. I think that's a huge advice as coaches give you is that you don't have to feel good to go a best time. Yeah. And so when you do feel great, it's even a better feeling because you're like, I got this in the bag, it's gonna be <laughs> great. Like I know I'm gonna do awesome. So practicing not feeling good while swimming, even if that's not just my illness, but just physically. Like swimming when you're tired and going to meets when you're not at your best and things like that really strengthen, I guess, my mental capacity with swimming because that's when it gets, that's when it's hardest. It's always easy when you're rested, you have a great new suit on, and like you have 10,000 people watching you and everything's in your corner when things aren't in your corner, uh, managing that.
0: For sure. Now do you, when we talk about swimming in front of 10,000 people and, and you're on the world stage, do you, do you embrace that moment? Do you love that type of pressure?
1: Yeah, I love walking out and just hearing the crowd. I, one of my favorite meets ever was in Hungary, and we had 17,000 people watching me. I guess me and eight other people in my lane, and there was a Hungarian girl in my heat, and she was had a chance to win, and I was so excited, the whole meet, to have this race because she was in it, and I knew the crowd would just be wild. <laughs> and so I think that's something that I've really learned to love, and it's something special in swimming, too. Swimming isn't like basketball, where this happens all the time, or football, so when we get a chance to have such a big crowd, it's something that is so exciting. And it's even better when it's in the US because there's so much support and there's nothing better than going like a best time or doing something incredible on home soil. But we experience so many different meets where there is such big crowds. And I try to use it as motivation and get your energy up. And um, I really like it because I think it makes my races hurt less because I have so much adrenaline when I <laughs> jump in the water,
0: awesome. so yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Well, before we get into your your collegiate career and your Olympic and professional career, when you look back at your whole career, so this whole journey that's taken you to this point, if you were to describe this journey you've been on just in a few words, what, what would they be?
1: I think it's been pretty incredible. I've accomplished way more than I ever thought I was able to, and I've been able to do that with a chronic illness, which is so hard to do and it's so hard to do with a chronic illness so I think that's been really special for me and I've honestly just sort of had a steady incline when it comes to my success with swimming I've never really burst onto the scene here done something amazing there and I've just sort of hit every notch along the way and I think that's what's so enjoyable about swimming is I'm 21 years old and I'm going best times and that's hard that a lot of people can't say that but I love that aspect about swimming and I
0: love my career and how it's like progressed into that beautiful like when you think of any words like grit or resiliency, like any words come up that kind of define your journey so far?
1: I would definitely say mentally tough mm. and definitely strong willed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can only imagine not only what you've done uh, and the training you've gone through, how mentally tough you need to be, but then to deal with the disease. Um, you're dealing with what more than any other athlete's dealing with for the most part, mm-hmm. right? So that's huge. So in high school, you were... One of the best swimmers in America, and you were getting recruited by all the best programs. Why you why see Berkeley? Why did you select? UC Berkeley?
1: Well for one um, it's one of the best schools in the world and I knew that I was going to be able to go to a school and get a scholarship and to get the best education I could was definitely um, in my mind going through this and then at the time really looking at Cal there were so many people on that team who were succeeding both collegiately and internationally and I knew that I wanted to be able to do both. I knew I wanted to be a great collegiate swimmer and I knew I wanted to be great on the national team and going to the Olympics and Worlds and things like that. And There's just a family feel when I went on my recruiting trips to Cal and I think that's what really drew me here.
0: Awesome. Beautiful. We're going to get into a little bit of your your collegiate experience, but when you think about the incredible career that you had, after the 2016 Olympics, medaled in silver in the 100 back and you were uh, medaled in gold in the 4x100 medley, that whole experience, the confidence that you gained from that, the motivation, did that help you going into 2017 when you came back to Cal Berkeley? Because you were, you were crowned the champion, 100 back, 200 back, 200 individual medley, and you were also named 2017 Women's Swimmer of the Year. How much did that experience drive you to dominate in 2017?
1: Um, My Olympic experience was everything I could have asked for and more. And I went in there with way lower goals than I ended up achieving, which is something that doesn't happen very often. And leaving the Olympics, I realized how much more confidence I had when it came to being at the top. I knew I didn't want to just be in the mix anymore. I really wanted to be on the top and be meddling and things like that. And then I just had learned a lot about myself and about my swimming and learned what I needed to do to succeed. And I think that's a huge maturity thing when it comes to swimming. It takes different swimmers longer to just know what they need. And it's hard to always ask for what you need. Um, And that year I really did. And I really had a good communication with my coaches as well as just really trying to master different techniques that I had gotten together over the summer that I really wanted to transition into collegiately. So for me, the confidence in what I learned from the Olympics, I think, made a huge difference in my ability to have such an amazing year. And then to be able to win three NCAA races mm-hmm. and to be swimmer of the year was so incredible and it's so hard to do. And I'm mm-hmm. so impressed with so many people who have done it before me and who have done it after me because it's such a hard thing to be able to win all of your races there and with all of the pressure and how many competitive girls there are in college that I was just really grateful that the stars aligned a little bit for me as well
0: as just a lot of hard work came in. For sure and I know that you know all those accolades obviously are their proudest moments for you but outside of them are there any other proudest moments that you experienced while you're at Cal?
1: I think for me, like, um, doing so well academically, I was homeschooled my last two years of high school, so coming back into real school, I was nervous about what that was going to take and how that was going to work, and I've been able to manage... Taking 18 units a semester at school while competing and traveling around the world and being able to maintain a a good GPA for me is super, super great. And and I think that's what sort of helps with swimming. It gives you a little bit of a sense of time management. Like, without school, I feel like I have worse time management than with school. (laughs)
0: Awesome. You made a really, probably a tough decision your senior year at Cal. You foregoed your your senior year and you decided to, to go professional. What was the drive of making that decision, how hard was it? I mean,
1: it was like a seven months in the working decision, and it was so hard for me to really make it because I had so many pros and so many cons that I really had to go with, like, what I felt like was going to be the best for me, like, mentally, physically, and health-wise, and... I knew that leading into 2020 is my best um, chances of Olympics right now, of meddling in the most races, and I really wanted to give it my all. And typically, um, when you turn pro, a lot of things get thrown at you, and I knew I wanted the year before the Olympics to be pretty calm and me being able to have everything handled by then and nothing too um, stressful and then when it comes to collegiate swimming it's so much about the team which I love about college it's like the only place you're going to experience this in swimming and what was hard about me I guess um, about college swimming is mastering the whole health side of things like I definitely need a little bit more individual schedule and things like that and I can't do everything that everyone else is which is really hard in a team atmosphere when you want to be doing everything your team is and you want to contribute the most you can I really had to look at my health and like what was going to be the best for my health long term so that was one of the aspects and I really just was ready to transition to that as much as I miss being on the deck with the girls at dual meets or travel trips and things like that um, I'm really enjoying the new transition and I'm filling my time with going to different things like I just was in Europe for two meets and things like that.
0: Now, you, you alluded, alluded to this earlier, but you're still going to school. You're finishing up your senior year. Mm-hmm. Now that you're focusing on your professional career and you're still in school, is it easier right now? Is your life easier than it is now than it was when you were on the team?
1: Yeah, there's it's definitely a lot easier just because there's a little bit less mandatory things for me to be at, whether that be team meetings or dual meets or really anything around the team. Um, most of my schedule pretty much looks like school and swim practice, recovery, dry land, weights. I don't really have a lot of extras um, that I have to do, which in turn has honestly helped a lot with recovery because I'm getting to bed earlier. I'm getting a nap in in the middle of the day and things like that. But still managing school and swimming is like a huge, huge commitment. I mean, (laughs) I'm in four or five classes um, right now, and it's really hard to be able to do all of those. but. I think that one, I have a great relationship with my professors, which really accommodate me when it comes to missing from training or meets or things like that.
0: For sure. So let's talk about your training. What, what does that look like for you right now?
1: Uh, well, for me, my schedule is a little different, I feel like, than most professional athletes or athletes at this level because at 17, my doctor really mandated um, me only really doing once one practice a day instead of two it was a huge decision and caused a lot of stress in my life because I was so worried that that was going to cause me to be lesser of a swimmer. But in turn, it was the best year of my swimming career. And a lot of that is coming from just the extra rest it caused me and allowed medications to work better and keep me healthier. Mm. And that's something that's really hard for me to mandate myself to do is make sure like I want to be at the second practice. I want to be there knowing that By being there, it's not actually going to really benefit me that much, but I do come in um, some afternoons and do an extra hour or something, whether that be like a little bit more sprint-based, but never. I really don't do two main practices of swimming in a day, so I do about six to seven swim practices, three weight training sessions, and then I usually have some different type of cardio, whether that be spin class or um, rowing, and then sometimes I add in a Pilates or yoga.
0: Beautiful beautiful and this is kind of where my this is what I love about my podcast this is my favorite part of it this is where I'm going to tap into really into your mindset really into your emotions and more or less have my listeners just kind of really understand who you are while you're competing so when you think about breaking records world records winning medals what is it what does it feel like (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's joy for me. There's no better feeling than being at a swim meet for me. I would live at a swim meet if you would allow me to. I love every aspect of it and I get so motivated being there and I'm just filled with excitement from probably like days before I can't even sleep because I'm so excited to go to a meet and um, I'm, I am get so excited to get up on the block and race because a lot of it I stand up there and I know how much work I put in and I know how much I've trained for this and done a lot of things on my own to... Hopefully succeed, and being able to stand up on the block and know that about yourself when you dive in is an amazing feeling. and I think that's what keeps me really positive, even when I don't always feel great.
0: <laughs> right. Well, when you look back at, uh, out of because you broke a lot of records yeah. uh, throughout your whole career, Is there one that's, like, the most memorable? Definitely breaking the world record this summer. I mean, that
1: has been my dream for forever, pretty much. I'm such a goal-motivating person. I mean, I set an alarm on my phone every day reminding me of what time I want to go. Wow. So, um getting that was so incredible. And I was so excited and I really wanted to go out there and not, I really just wanted to win. It was our U S nationals. And I just really wanted to win the hundred back. I had tied the 200 back before, which is super odd because that rarely happens in swimming. I mean, it's down to the hundredth, but it's cool to share a moment with someone like that. But I really wanted to go in and show how much work I'd put in, in the hundred back and see where that was going to go. And to be honest, I was a little bit like surprised by it which is something that doesn't happen often for me is to be able to touch the wall and really like be surprised that you're able to go that yeah Um, and just knowing how proud my coach was too is a pretty great feeling (laughs) that's
0: beautiful because of you you've done a lot of winning in your life when you don't win or you don't meet your expectation you have a bad race how do you deal with those days
1: I feel like I'm human, so of course I don't like not winning, <laughs> right, right. but for me, dealing with it, I always have like told myself my whole life is that there's always another race, whether that be within the meet, or two weeks later, whatever that is, and really taking one race at the time, and even if I don't have a good race on my first, I guess, race of the meet, doesn't mean I'm going to have a bad meet, mm-hmm. and just sort of taking it back a notch, and um, thinking about what I could have done differently, too, when that happens, and... Also understanding that things are out of your control, like I could be under the weather like or the weather could be bad outside, like things right. like that. So I think for me, I just try to be human. I'm never really someone who's going to show a huge amount of emotions when I don't do well. I'm not going to throw my goggles. I'm not going to like right. storm off the pool deck, but I'm definitely not going to be thrilled with myself. But I do understand that swimming isn't everything. To me, in the entire world, I have a great family, I have a great support system, and I'm doing really well health-wise, so I think being grateful for those things and understanding that swimming is just sort of the cherry on top of my
0: life. I, I love it, and I love it for so many reasons, because there are a lot of athletes that they, they just they put everything into their sport, and it becomes who they are, and it becomes their identity, and they have a hard time separating themselves from a good day and a bad day from their sport. So the fact that you are you have you are more than your sport meaning mm-hmm. that you have other things that identify who you are I think it's beautiful it's awesome. Do you want to go back though to when you're t- went to your world record because you talked about in in a, in a roundabout way visualizing it right you had this this timer this reminder of to remind you of this goal. How much did you visualize that race and how much do you just visualize period?
1: I mean every day probably leading up to that. Maybe three months out, I would visualize what I wanted to do in that race and multiple other races. One of my favorite things to do is when I get closer to the meet is to literally just lay on the ground at the practice before it starts. And visualize how I'm going to swim my race in my head I swim it exactly how I want it to be from wow. start to finish how my turns going to be how many kicks I take underwater um and then to be honest sometimes I like to see how close I get to my goal time when I try to do it within 58.00 seconds wow so that's something that I've been doing and my coach sort of started doing when I was in high school and it's something I've carried on into college and post-college and I think that's super helpful and then when I'm in practice I visualize my races sometimes it doesn't always need to be I'm going at that pace but in my head this is how I'm going to do it this is how I'm going to swim it like this is where I'm going to pick it up things like that so for me it's just mastering those things Mm. visualizing it and then being able to master it in the water um really helps you have the confidence when you're racing
0: for sure when did you start visualizing
1: probably when I was, like, 12 years old. I mean, I love, 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 like, thinking about my goals. And so that's what, to me, visualization is. Is really just taking a minute and thinking about your goals. And a lot of times I sit there when I was younger and I would think about the goal and think about how I was going to do it. And like, if it was going to be possible for me, and I would come up with some concoction in my head about how it was going to be possible, um, whether I achieved it or not. And I think I was always so motivated with goals that I would just come in with lists of goals to my coaches since I was 11 years old. And he would sit down with me and we would talk about it and visualize it together. And I think that's what really set a really good, like, Foundation for me when it comes to visualization. It's
0: awesome. I love. I love hearing that for sure. You know, when you think about mental performance techniques or strategies, whether it's breathing, visualization, uh, positive self-talk, meditation. I mean, I can keep mindfulness. I can keep on going. How much do you? How much do you implement these type of techniques within your training? For me, self-talk is huge. Um,
1: we, uh, one of my college coaches always says, like, don't say something to yourself that you wouldn't say to someone else. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's something that you should really live by. I try not to ever get too negative in my head, especially when I'm having a hard day in practice or not performing like I want to. And then for me, when I'm at a swim meet, self-talk is like the most important thing. I hype myself up as much as I can in my head before I I swim. I'm going to make myself feel as the best I can possibly feel before I get in the water. (laughs) And I think that's something that's so important in swimming. And Michael Phelps gave me some really good advice was every time you walk through a doorway, give yourself an affirmation. And I think that's something that's really stuck with me. And I've been able to like try to do that, especially around swim meets. Like I don't do it every day because I walk through a lot of doors and I'm going to run out of things to tell myself. <laughs> but definitely at swim meets, reminding yourself different things about you that aren't just swimming related that are good. And keeping yourself never really negative. And I try to be very, very happy. I'm a very happy person. I definitely yeah. live at the glass half full type of way so i think that's what's really important is to not let the little things really bring you down
0: i love the affirmations uh i love you know the statements of i am i can Mm -hmm. i will um and then they're not necessarily those for you per se but what are like share with me and, and my listeners what are the things that do you say to get you motivated, hyped up, or even just just stay focused on the right things?
1: I always tell myself, like, I never say I'm more deserving. So I don't ever feel like I deserve something more than my competitor. But I tell myself, like, I'm determined. I've worked so hard for this. I've sacrificed so much or things like that. And um, I like to stand up there and be like, I love this more than anything. And I'm so happy to have that feeling. And I think my love and my appreciation for it. I tell myself how much I love swimming and why I'm doing it. It's not because I just want to break a world record or it's not because I want to just win an Olympic gold medal. It's just because I am enjoying it and then those come along with it and of course make my career even better. And I love those aspects so much. I mean, who doesn't? But I think just telling myself things like I'm determined, I'm strong-willed and things that the qualities that I know I have and I know that have helped me in the training, I try to remind myself when I'm sick sitting in the ready room 10 minutes before I swim.
0: Got it, got it. What about music? How does music play at all with your prepar- preparation?
1: I'm definitely one of those weird people who actually don't like to listen to music oh. before I swim. I love the energy around me. Good. And I love being able to hear the crowd when I walk out, and I love hearing the little chatters here and there. And yeah. um, I think it really, that's what actually helps me focus more than music. is just having sort of the background noise of really the surrounding people around me and being to experience that. I'm not really a closed-off person, and I definitely like to talk to people before I swim. Right. So I definitely have not been a huge music listener, but usually when I'm walking into my final swim from the car to the pool, I usually have my earphones in just to like give me some, a little bit of hype before I get in and get excited and everything like that. So I do listen to a little music, but usually not very much before I swim.
0: It's awesome. Uh, More often than not, you hear people, they get into a a different reality, right? And And it helps them, whatever, feel more motivated, visualize themselves. But it seems like that you use the energy of the environment, the energy of people to kind of fuel your mindset before you compete.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, just hearing a crowd or hearing like the excitement or even like watching the race before I swim gives me so much energy. Like I love being able to sit there and they have a TV in the ready room and being able to see one of my teammates or one of like my friends be able to do something so incredible gives me so much energy when I'm about to swim. And Mm. I think that's what I get excited for.
0: Awesome. Now... You've kind of painted a, an awesome picture of like how you are before you compete, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine you've you've gone through these different emotions, right? You get really nervous, or you get really excited, and you're smiling, and all these great things are happening. What do you, have you ever experienced it where you were really calm, or maybe um, it was just a little bit different than what you've what you've imagined? Right? And when those things happen, how do you deal with it?
1: I think that one of the times I was swimming um, at the Olympics, I just swam all my individual races. And then five days later, I had my relay race. So that's a pretty long chunk of time where I'm not competing. And before all of those races and the individual ones, I just had this feeling in my stomach like hours before. (laughs)
0: Really? Yeah,
1: like hours before. And I, I like that feeling, but it's also like make like I can feel like my heart rate increase and everything about it like I like the feeling but it's also not very comfortable um and I know that like I have to manage that to a point of turning that like very very much nervousness into excitement and I remember swimming that relay on the eighth day of the meet and I hadn't had that feeling yet and I was like so worried that I was actually sort of calm like Mm -hmm. I was so nervous but I hadn't had that feeling yet and um I think for me, it just took longer to get there because I had already done, done it. So I think sometimes when you've done something before, it becomes easier, like the next couple of times you do it. And I eventually did get that feeling, but it was just a little bit closer to my race and probably a more normal way mm-hmm. to experience something like rather than just like two hours before I'm just like this nervous, like person just like <laughs> eyes wide open and like can't sleep. But right. this was a little bit. Um, Different, And I think for me, like that calmness did concern me because it's something different, Mm. but I tried to think to myself, like this doesn't mean anything. Like I'm still at the Olympics. I'm still going to do good. And we ended up winning a gold medal by a huge margin in my relay and everything turned out well. So I think it's not for me. It's like, don't overthink everything. Like every feeling you're going to feel is going to be different. And, like, I don't need to worry just because I don't feel the exact same I did when I broke a world record. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be able to break another world
0: record. Right, exactly. Now, here's two different types of podiums, if you will. We'll get to one in a second, which probably changed your life. But when you're on the block, we'll call it another podium, if you will, <laughs> right? But when you're on the block, what is going through your mind? What is What does it feel like? If, if, I want to, if I'm a listener right now... And I want to experience what's it like in your mind on that block. What does it feel
1: like? I feel like my heart's beating in my head. That mm-hmm. is like the biggest description I can give. And I feel like right before right when I'm about to dive in, I give myself all of my cues right before. Like, this is how you're going to swim it. Don't forget this. Don't forget that. So I'm definitely one of those people who likes the little reminders right in there. And I um, always paint my toenails gold because that's what I look at. I love it. And um, that's sort of a tradition. And I think that like for me, that's just a little reminder that that's my goal is like I want to get a gold or I want to get first and so like the last thing I'm going to look at is my
0: toes (laughs) (laughs) that's great Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the first time that's awesome now let's go back to the other podium what was it like what did you see and what did you feel when and I know the gold you know it's probably a little bit different because you it was a medley and Mm -hmm. it was with a team But can you describe what you saw, what you felt when you got the gold and then also when you got the silver? Well, for me,
1: the silver was like literally the epitome of my career. Like people look at it and are like, are you always sad that you got silver not gold? And for me, I was like, I was just happy to be there. So getting like, I wanted to get top eight. Like I was going in 14th. I wanted to get top eight and then to get a medal was like way past my expectations and I remember standing up on that silver in the second place and being like I feel like I'm happier than the person who won gold I just was so so thrilled and so excited and I just loved every aspect of it even before I swam I called my mom and I was like I don't know like I don't really care what happens because at this point I've already done everything that I've ever wanted to in my life Mm. um and I mean of course like in my head too I was like I really want a medal like I'm coming in seated first so of course I want to be able to get top three and Uh, To just come away with a medal was just everything I could have asked for. And to experience that and to really just look at how hard that was. The two people behind me tied for third, one 100th behind me. So I was two 100ths away from not even getting a medal. So like you look at that and I just feel like that was sort of a God moment for me. And like my mom was like, I was so nervous. I was just waiting for your block to please light up. Because the blocks light up if you get a medal. And then for the gold... I was so excited because I'd never actually really been on a relay at night, um, with Team USA. So this was like one of my biggest relay experiences ever and to be at the Olympics. And we pretty much knew going in that we would probably win. We all had to like go about our time and we would win. And so that was a different type of excitement because I didn't just rely on myself. I had to rely on my teammates and to win the thousandth gold for the Olympic team was so cool. And to have that much, um, excitement around us. And then, there like isn't a greater feeling than standing on the podium and hearing your national anthem like i really don't know what else is going to top that in my yeah. life but yeah. that definitely was one of the most like special moments for me and to be able to be up there with three other women who have inspired me in so many different ways throughout that meet and throughout my life like to a couple of them I've known since we were 15 and then I had Dana Vollmer who's a mom and she's standing up there next to me and like for me that was my first gold medal and um the other three girls that wasn't their first gold medal so it was a really special moment for me to be able to win my first gold medal as a team
0: you know I'm, I'm pumped up just hearing it. It's great. Did it was it more meaningful that you were you let off the medley?
1: I think it's equal for me. Um, I think that it's always a little bit harder when you lead off because everyone sees your time and you're the first person to like either get ahead or get behind. And
0: you're setting the tone. Yeah, right?
1: so I think that as I've gotten older, I've just really embraced that aspect. I mean, I've been a backstroker pretty much my whole life, so I'm pretty used to the whole, like, you got to go first and you got to go fast and um, making sure that I'm doing whatever I can for my team. But I also know that, like, no one is going to not try at the Olympics and right. no one is going to not try at World. So when someone messes up or something happens. it's not because of the lack of effort and to be really like not judgmental when it comes to that because that could easily be me like I could miss right. my turn or something like that and <laughs> I think that's what's really important to remember is like everyone is doing literally the best they can right now
0: yeah for sure now I love this question especially with people that have uh, standing on the podium and won medals before obviously you're, you're describing this great moment what did it feel like when you woke up the next morning
1: I didn't even sleep after. Like, I stayed up all night. Like, my roommate had also won a medal that night. And for me, uh, we really celebrated together. We went to the dining hall at 4 a.m. and ate pizza. So (laughs) that's one of my favorite memories in my whole Olympics was sharing that with her. But when it really set in, it didn't even feel real. Like, I remember, like, showing the medal to my parents for the first time the next day and it not even feeling like it was mine. Like, I felt like I was holding an idol's medal because that just wasn't something that I really... I knew I wanted, but I'm a realist too. Like I'm capable of doing only certain things. Like I'm not going to give myself such an unrealistic goal. And I came away with a goal that I didn't even have. So I think for me, just being able to have that special moment and sharing it with my family was really cool because we really went over like how many people got me there and it wasn't just me it was my doctors my teammates my nurses my parents my family like you name it like my community like so much support and i think that's what was really special is like not it wasn't just my medal like so many people contributed to
0: it i love it i love that now that you've won these medals Obviously, I can only imagine what your goal is in 2020, but do you feel like you're playing a bigger game now that now that because there were some of these goals where you didn't know that you were going to achieve now that you've achieved them? Are you playing a bigger game?
1: Oh, for sure. I think it definitely gets a little harder the second time you're going for Olympics if you've already medaled or already made it. Like for one, I want to make the Olympics. Like it's no easy feat in the United States swimming. And now that I've done so well and I've added different events to my schedule, like in 2016, I was only swimming hundred back and now I swim the 200 back and the 200 I am in. I'm the top seed in the United States in all three of those events. Wow. So adding that to my schedule is definitely huge. And, um, being able to handle that is different too. Like that's a lot more events to swim and a lot more to do but I think that there's a different type of pressure because something's more expected. Nothing was expected of me before Mm -hmm. and there's definitely an expectation at this point but it's something that I expect of myself too. Like I'm not just hearing that from the outside or saying that from the outside. I put that on myself is you get older and more mature, better in the sport. You need to have expectations for yourself. I'm no longer 19 and just happy to be there. Like I'm still as happy to be there but I know that I, the team is counting on me to get medals and like things like that and the United States is such a incredible force when it comes to swimming at the Olympics and we're so dominant and I want to be a part of that I want to contribute to that and there's no greater honor than wearing that flag on your cap with your name on it and to Mm -hmm. being able to stand up with a medal and contribute to such amazing Olympics and how much like people have put in work for that is so awesome and I'm looking forward to it hopefully
0: (laughs) (laughs) now with your sponsors because you're sponsored by Speedo Mm -hmm you know, obviously, you know, you're representing the United States of America when you're at the Olympics. But you're also, do you also feel this allegiance to to your sponsors that you're representing?
1: Yeah, for sure. Everyone says I'm a Speedo girl because I've been wearing Speedo since I was yeah. like nine years old, <laughs> and it's been my favorite suit since I was little. And I like had always dreamed about being sponsored by Speedo, it's been like the biggest name in swimming pretty much as long as I can remember. Yeah. And all the big names have been sponsored by for them. Sure. So I definitely wanted to be a part of it, and I definitely want to show them like they didn't make a wrong decision choosing me. Like, I want to show that I put in the work and I take everything seriously. Um, and that their like help has helped me become even better. Like without them, um, financially it would be harder and I wouldn't have as much freedom with suits and things like that. And really appreciating what they've done for me and showing how much it's worth
0: it. Oh, that's great. It's great. A couple questions here before we wrap up. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this question, what it looks like and what it feels like. So when you think of the word champion, What is being a champion what does it look like what does it feel like
1: it's weird when you say that i don't automatically think of myself i think of all the people that have inspired me to Mm. this day and for me um being a champion is not just about winning or being first it like matters so much about what type of person you are and how much you contribute not only in a team but like with your like medals, but also like who you are and what are you bringing to the team like emotionally and how much support you have and things like that. I think being a champion is not just one thing. It's sort of a total package to me Mm. and having all of the qualities that are, I guess, help you succeed, but also really like who you are as a person. Like my parents are always like, we don't care how good you are. We care what type of person you're becoming, and I think that's something that's always stuck with me. Is that swimming is so important, but if you're a terrible person and winning six gold medals, it doesn't go as well together. Right, right. And I think being a champion really encompasses all of those things together.
0: Yeah, about character, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about your your career, and I don't want to get you know, forward thinking on you because right now I think you're being very present in the moment, right? But what's what's the end goal for your career?
1: Um, for me, I really think about 2020. Like, I want to go to the Olympics and win multiple individual medals. And I think for me, like that it's like something that I really want to do in my career. And then after that, depending on how things go, I would love to keep swimming if I can. And if financially that's works for me, but I also eventually want to get into the real world. Like I definitely want to have a family, have a job, something like that. And I know that swimming can give a little bit of arrested development sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know that I I want to make sure I'm in the sport as long as it's good for me and good for the people around me and knowing when it's time to say goodbye to something I love is going to be super hard and I'm probably going to need to go to therapy for it or something but um, I think for me it's just taking it all the way to 2020, 2021 and sort of seeing how my career goes till then and then deciding if I want to go to 2024 Um, ideally I'd love to, I mean I'll be 27 in 2024 which isn't ancient in the term of swimming but it isn't like a spring chicken so I also have to see how competitive it gets it's like, I also know that when I was 18 years old and I was looking at a 30 year old or something, I was like, can I please have the spot and things like that. Yeah. So making sure that I'm also inspiring a younger generation and giving opportunities to others is also important. Awesome.
0: Awesome. When you look back at your whole career, your whole career, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think you've learned the most about yourself?
1: I think swimming has taught me more than I could have ever thought it has about what it takes to succeed, how to handle conflict how to have hard conversations, things like that. But I've learned so much about myself is like how to use strong-willedness or mental toughness, especially being strong-willed in a very positive way a Mm. motivational way rather than just being like, this is my way or the right way or something like that. So I think I've really just learned a lot about myself when it comes to dealing with different obstacles and overcoming adversity is something that I think swimming has been able to teach me at a very young age is how to deal with things that, When things don't go, always how you're going to see how, I guess, you want it to go. And then also just to make sure I'm doing what I love. Like, I think it's so important to make sure that I love what I'm doing and appreciate what I'm doing because then it just it wouldn't feel right for me to just be doing it because of money or because of achievements or something like that. I mean, that's one of the great things that come along with succeeding in swimming, but I think my success from swimming comes because I wake up every day excited to go to practice, and it's the highlight of my day, wow. is getting in the water and doing something, and I've been that way since as long as I can remember, and I hope to be that way until I decide to stop swimming. <laughs>
0: wow, I love it. I love it. Well, how can... My listeners follow you on social media and, and follow your your Olympic journey.
1: My Instagram and Twitter are Kathleen Baker
0: too. Awesome, beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what this is. Um, this was awesome talking to you. Not only getting not not only to understand your Olympic mindset and really allowing and thank you for being vulnerable with your mindset with me. But when people look at your success, I don't think they really truly know exactly what you have to deal with mentally and physically to actually compete at this level and to deal with Crohn disease right and deal with leaving school early there's a lot of things you got to deal with and it just shows your your perseverance and your mental toughness and your character and 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 just for me like selfishly this has been awesome just to hear your story and, and thank you for sharing your energy
1: Oh, well, I'm happy to share it and happily give maybe some advice of some ways to live life, I guess, to the fullest is what I look at it.
0: I love it. I love it.